Hello and welcome to another episode of the Punt Return Podcast, here to talk Super Bowl 54. I'm your host, Josh Wire, and as always, joined by Nick Splitter and James Rosewarn. Nick, how you doing, buddy? Very well, thank you, mate. It's been an interesting week off, I suppose, from the podcast. Yeah, it feels like a month. It's taken me three goes to start the show, so no one can hear that, thankfully, through the magical tool of editing. All sorts of of issues trying to get this Super Bowl episode up. Yeah, exactly. We've been pretty good all year. I know, we've been... Today. We've been spectacular. You know, we're not Andy Reid off the bye. We're uh, we're uh, Matt Patricia, just <laughs> off any any sort of preparation. Uh, James, how are you? And I've noticed I noticed you've been doing a lot of content Super Bowl related for uh, Stats Insider this week. Yeah, a couple of um, pieces of sort of a more holistic look at how they both the Chiefs and the 49ers got here, and really enjoyed writing them. And I, I think they've come up pretty well. So give them a read if you get a chance, guys out there. Okay. This ahead is, of the Super Bowl. This is kind of weird. This is the first Super Bowl where I haven't spent like weeks researching. I normally come into every Super Bowl with like two weeks worth of research as opposed to two hours. I've just been so busy the last couple of weeks and, um, and I'm actually genuinely excited at the Super Bowl. So I kind of just wanted to go in with the less I know a little bit because I kind of really like both these two teams and I think it'll be a fun Super Bowl. And I think the range of outcomes is pretty much endless at this point. But, you know, some cool storylines before we get back into, into last week's results. Um, we've got Patrick Mahomes versus Jimmy Garoppolo. It's the first matchup of first time Super Bowl starter since Colin Kaepernick and Joe Flacco back in 2012. Andy Reid's back in the Super Bowl after 15 years. Kyle Shanahan's looking to replicate, you know, his father's Super Bowl success there. And then the 49ers also have a first female and openly gay coach in the Super Bowl in, in Katie Sauer. So that's pretty cool. And then there's also the added element of the D Ford, uh, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, the revenge element, uh, in, in, in that regard. So it's a lot of different things going on, but, uh, a lot of good storylines. How did you find conference week, boys? A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, pretty, lot of pretty fun. intense. That 10, 10 zip lead that the, well, 10 point lead that Tennessee had. And for a moment we thought, hang on, but then the KC train rolled over them and, and then the San Francisco game is a bit of a fizzer. So yeah, that kind of went exactly how the, the first meeting drama. went. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, lock of the week though, we, we did very well. Over 52 and a half in the Tanzas, uh, Tanzas, wow. Tennessee, Kansas City game. Uh, that, that was, that's giving us zero losing weeks so far in the playoffs with the locks, um, with the Bills being the push. Or if you got on early and listened to the show early, you would have got the plus three and a half with the extra hook there. So no losing weeks for, for the show during, um, a playoff, kind of a surprising playoff game when we saw Tennessee go on a run and things like that. So I think all things considering, uh, we avoided the Saints, you know, as well. In a big spot, they were the biggest favorite in, in week one and things like that. So I think we've done pretty well. And then obviously, um, you know, Raheem Mostert had a, a massive conference championship weekend, but I think Nick, Nick Splitter might have had a bigger weekend. Uh, 3-0 and last week, hitting a long shot double of the 49ers minus and the over at the 320. Huge week from you, mate. It was, it was a very good week. My, my playoffs haven't been fantastic. They've been okay. I've still been profitable, but this, uh, this, this, Made it all worthwhile. Yeah, very good, uh, very good weekend. Uh, two and zero for me as well with the Forty ers and then the over as well. I uh, whiffed on the the long shot. I had Tyreek Hill going off. Um, instead, it was Sammy Watkins having his second big big game of the season. The last one was all the way back in week one. Um, so I kind of whiffed on that. And then uh, James one and one. But you know, you had the Titans at forty one dollars. The ASC UK agonizingly close. Yeah, I was able to at least do a little bit of business. KC, I think, got out to about a dollar ninety in play, so which was nice considering the similar situation the week prior against Houston. So I'm hoping for something similar again if we can find a spot in game, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, definitely. Is there any final thoughts from any of those teams that sort of exited conference championship weekend before we get you know straight into to Super Bowl Fifty Four and 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 go through those games and we'll go through some props and and various things as well. But is there any uh, any thoughts on you know the Packers um, or the or the Titans um, just where they're at? I really like the Titans this this year, and, and I think they've uh, they've they've definitely impressed me. I think they've impressed a lot of people. Tations. It, it would have been a, a bit of a fairy tale to to kind of have that run continue into this week, but I think that, you know the two best teams throughout the playoffs are, are here, uh, and and I think both these te- both these two teams deserve to be in the Super Bowl, and uh, should be a really a, a cracking game. Yeah, Jane. Yeah, Pack is a bit of a. Pack is a bit of a takeout for me. I still, you know, I, I probably you guys agree with me as well. I'm not even sure they're a top ten team. I sort of mentioned that a bit later, and and that could have been a really, really, really embarrassing conference championship. The scoreboard kind of 
flattened them a little bit in the end. Um, they, yeah, they've got, they've got still a lot to fix up. Do they have major playmakers? Rogers is aging. The defense is still, you know, just borderline league average, if, if that. So they've still got a while to go, I, I would say. I think uh, I think both teams it's a given could, that they're coming straight back. Yeah, I think both teams could be regression candidates next year. I know, uh, you know, all signs point to Tennessee mm. sticking around, but um, you know, maybe they overachieved a little bit um, this playoff se- series, and we see it time and time again. Teams go on these deep playoff runs, and then they're never back there for for a few years. So there's always these two. There's always teams that drop out of the playoffs every single year. So uh, I definitely think both of those teams are, are candidates. Although I think the Packers, given how stacked this wide receiver draft class is, should be able to be in a spot to get uh, some reliable targets outside of Devontae Adams to really help Rodgers. Because, you know, you shut down Devontae Adams and it's throw to 47-year-old Jimmy Graham and, and a bunch of guys called Geronimo and, and Allen. It's just... Allen Lizard. Allen Lizard. It, it's not a great core of weapons there unfortunately and i know that it's not the be all, be all and end all when you when it comes to to playmakers on offense you've got to be built up front and good coaching and things like that so but i do think that a kind of when the game's on the line you need a little bit more safer hands and some reliable targets so i think if i had to pick one team to to be back there i'd probably just stick with aaron Rodgers rather than ryan Tannehill at this point Okay. Yeah, and they'd probably want to diversify that attack going forward as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Uh, Super Bowl 54 is here. And, uh, as we said, as, as Nick said, the best two teams in the playoffs, um, and probably outside of the Ravens, the best two teams of the regular season, um, in the playoffs. So, you know, it's a win for fans. I think it's a win for the, the casual NFL fan that they get to see, uh, Patrick Mahomes play in the Super Bowl as well in just his second season. Um, you know, already headed to great things, but, uh, just some numbers before we get into the matchup itself. Favorites have accumulated a 34 to 19 straight up record in Super Bowl history. That's 64.2%. But that number dips to 51% when we pay attention to the number that matters that we always talk about on the show against the spread. So they're 26, 25 and 2. Um, so that's pretty much a complete, complete wash. And then there's a, the over has a slight edge as well. 26, 25 and 1. There's no over under in Super Bowl 1. What were they doing? Come on, guys. Get with it. Um, only twice in Super Bowl history has a point spread closed at just a single point. Um, in Super Bowl 16, the Bengals are one-point favorites over the 49ers, and San Francisco dominated the majority of the game despite the close scoreline of 26 to 21. And then six, year, six years ago, the Pats closed as one-point favorites after opening at, as two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um, the result of that game, um, if you just look up on Wikipedia, Butler, comma, Malcolm, um, you'll find out the result of that game. Um, and the NFC owns a 27 to 26 edge over the AFC in the first 53 Super Bowl matchups. Uh, and now looking at both these teams, both teams are 7-1 and one straight up and 6-2 and two against the spread away from their home stadiums this season and a little bit of referee juice for everyone involved if you believe in the if you want to get the foil hat out and think uh games are fixed or, or whatever uh in his in his 15th season referee bill vinovich will head super bowl 54 officiating crews since 2012 favorites are three and seven straight up and two and eight against the spread in playoff games refereed by vinovich so um he's making bank betting on dogs yeah, you know, a bit of conspiracy theory from Josh. I've always got to have a ref stat in the Super Bowl show at this point. It's just, <laughs> just a little bit of fun, just to you know, appease the, uh, you know, the uh, inner conspiracy theorists in all of us. We're all at heart uh, a fan of a good conspiracy. Uh, are theory. you wearing? Are you wearing your tinfoil hat right now? No, I'm not. Um, it's upstairs. It's, it's. I'm saving it for the big game. I'll, I'll be wearing it if anyone, <laughs> if anyone is in Sydney and heading to Luna Park for the Luna Bowl. Uh, myself will be there. Same with, uh, Josh Wooten. You may remember him from, uh, from the Wooten Washer. Uh, he'll be there as well. Um, so look out for the foil hats and <laughs> you'll find us. But, um, the one point favorite thing was interesting because this game is a one point favorite. So, uh, both the times it's been, it's kind of one and one there that the Pats won as a one point favorite that even though they opened as two and a half point dogs and then the, uh, the 49ers upset as underdogs when they were, one point fa- uh, dogs, and that's where they are here. So the line is Kansas City minus one. The total is 54 or 53 and a half, depending where you look around. But it's hovering around that 53, 54 number. I'm just checking it now. Yeah, flat 54 still. Um, and yeah, the the time, this is 10.30 a.m. kicking off. Hard Rock Stadium, Miami. Boys, who wants to start? Where? What's your thoughts on this game? Do we want to break it down in terms of offense versus defense, or do you just want to... Just go, but go ballistic and, and and see where we go. Just jump right in, I reckon. Jump, jump right, right in. in. All right, Nick, jump right in. So tell us where you're at. What what are your thoughts? Who are you picking, uh, and why? 
Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, I think, like like I said, these are the two best teams in the playoffs. Uh, really, I think from the start of the playoffs, this is kind of what I would have thought as being the ideal Super Bowl matchup. Um, I'm really hoping that I don't jinx it because it should be a cracking game. I think all of us kind of would have loved to see the Ravens in, in the big dance. I think their, their season deserved it. But during the playoffs, both of these teams have been lights out uh, and uh, and thoroughly deserve to be there. As I said, the, the fairy tale postseason, the Titans, was a hell of a run to watch. But, uh, you know, this this is a matchup of two top five DVOA franchises. Uh, we'll start with the Niners. Last year, and, and this is where they're coming from, 30th for total efficiency uh, by football outsiders. This year, they're they're all the way up to number five in the NFL. They're ranked seventh for offensive efficiency, really, which is staggering because we think of the Niners as, as this kind of defensive beast, this defensive Goliath. Uh, they're ranked number two on the season for, for defensive DVOA behind the Pat Smisley defense. But as I said, this is kind of one of the great redemption stories in the NFL. And, and one of the great things about how football works is, is this franchise – has been a meme for a number of years. You know, they, they're wallowing the depths of despair through nearly 20 years that head coaches Ericsson, Nolan, Singletary, and then Harbo arrived and, and kind of turned things around for three years or so. But including Harbo's last season, they, they compiled a 25-55 win-loss record with Tom Sula following Harbo, Chip Kelly, and the, the first couple of seasons of the Shanahan era. Uh, James wrote, as he said at the top of the show, in his 49ers breakdown, um, Shanahan has implemented an offense which has, has steadily increased San Francisco's points per game, the yards per game, and rush yards per game to the point that they're, they're seventh offensive efficiency. And that's, that's amazing coming from, from where they were a couple of years ago. Uh, on, on the other side of the ball, they've got Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, D. Ford, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Richard Sherman. I mean, it's, this is just destruction on, on the defensive side of the ball. And, and uh, it, it's really hard to find a consistent way to beat this 49ers team looked at uh, the Packers through the, through the year. And we knew that you run the ball and you've got a really good chance of beating the Packers. Um, a whole lot of other teams have their, their weakness. We, we've been talking about it for two months with the Ravens and, and uh, the Titans did it. Um, but this 49ers team is incredibly hard to find a weakness and, and find somewhere to, to beat them consistently. They've lost three games all year by a combined 13 points. That's 13 points all year. They've lost games. Uh, it's the third highest point differential in the league behind just the Ravens and the Pats. And guess who was fourth? The Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and talking about the Chiefs, preseason and, and off the back of Patrick Mahomes' MVP sophomore year, we had the Chiefs, uh, we all had the Chiefs over 10 and a half wins in our, in our preseason kind of predictions and making the AFC Championship game. Uh, James and I both had the Chiefs in the Super Bowl for what it's worth, Josh. We'll, uh, we'll have that one over you for a little while. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, after 10 weeks, they were just six and four. And I think, you know, we were all a bit shaky on, on where the Chiefs were headed. Uh, they'd lost to the Colts, lost to the Texans, the Packers and the Titans. They're decent teams, but they're not, they're not special. Uh, Mahomes was banged up. He missed weeks eight and nine. He injured his knee in week seven against the Broncos. He came back in week 10, threw for 450 yards and three touchdowns and still lost. Uh, and it just seemed like there was a breaking point coming in, in Kansas City, but they regrouped and they regrouped big time. They, they won their final six regular season games by a total of 98 points. 98 points differential uh, in six games, is, which is amazing, and stormed back from a three-touchdown deficit to, to then annihilate the Texans in the playoffs by 20 points in one of the greatest kind of comeback victories I've ever seen in playoff football. Uh, and then they just kind of dismantled the Titans in the championship game. The, the Chiefs are ranked third in offensive DVOA, second in special teams DVOA, but their weakness lies on the defensive end where they're ranked just 29th against the run. So there is a clear a clear weakness with the Chiefs against the Niners. So who wins? Well, I'm going against the numbers because I, I like the Chiefs in this spot. I, I can't explain why. They're, they're in form. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, even if Lamar Jackson is the MVP, and he probably will, and, and you know, incredible breakout season. Uh, football outsiders have Mahomes ranked no lower than third in all of their quarterback metrics. No other quarterback in the league is ranked in the top three for all of those metrics. So Mahomes is, is elite in, in his, his increased his rushing output. Uh, I, I think the Chiefs are too good. I think they're ready. Andy Reid is primed for a, a Super Bowl, uh, and the Chiefs win, and I think they cover. Okay. So what's your, uh, what's your exact score? We do this normally on the show every year my for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Let me, yeah, my exact score is Chiefs 34, 
49ers, 31. Okay, so you like the over as well? I do like the over. Okay. Uh, James, what have you got for us? Are you on the Chiefs with Nick, or are you uh, going against the grain and, and picking a, the, the dog? No, I like the Chiefs. Um, obviously, the 49ers, absolutely brilliant. Totally deserve to be here. But give me the team who can put points up in their sleep, can come back from any situation as they've proven over the last two years, but particularly during these playoffs as well. I just kind of like that comfort about a team that can score at will. Um, now, 49ers obviously have been completely barnstorming. And like Nick says, I think they've beaten, they've had the toughest schedule and beaten the better teams this year. Um, but at the same time, I think they were lucky to get the Packers in that conference championship game. Julie destroyed them, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like they had that ultimate massive test. Maybe there wasn't that ultimate test in the NFC this year. Maybe it was the Saints. We never got to see that. Um, and guys, I'm not going to mention Seattle again. <laughs> um, but here's the big thing for me. Are we completely, and this is not an anti-Jimmy G sentiment whatsoever, but are we completely comfortable with the 49ers having to rally if they're in that situation? And are we sure Jimmy G's up for it? This is a stat that I absolutely love. Um, in tight games at any point, you know, where the margin is between one or 10 points, Mahomes' passer rating in those situations, 110. Garoppolo in that same situation, 79. Now, when the game's a blowout, that's between 10 and 30, let's say, and that's where Jimmy's comfortable. That's where the running game can get going. His pass rating in those situations, 113. Mahomes, again, it's 110. So a massive discrepancy between what Jimmy G does when there's no pressure on and when the heat is on. Again, this is a really young career where we're sort of in the second or third, maybe fourth, depending on the sort of how we consider the, the reconstruction of that knee when that sort of happened and how much time he missed, including also backing up Brady for so long. So it is, it is still young. I think 46 something starts or something. So that, that dip does concern me. Um, and I'm just not sure just yet where he, whether we've seen him under that kind of duress and seen him thrive. I think another big factor here is how, how locked in and improved. I'm not going to say great because we know they're not, but this is an improved KC defense. This isn't the defense we saw last year. And weirdly enough, Josh reminds me of that 06 Colts team, to be honest, that won the Super Bowl that year. They just kept that, that, that sort of, I think of that pro cycling, you know, that, that term that Sky Racing did, the incremental games, you know, just getting out a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better by the week. Um, I, I, I remember because I was on the Colts, you know, Tony Dungy saying, you know, we're just a tackle away, we're just one yep. tackle away from being good. And he was ultimately right. And, and they won that Super Bowl off that supercharged offense and the defense just did that job. Um, so that's the kind of way I'm sort of analyzing or thinking about that Chiefs defense coming into this game. Six of their last seven games, their opponents have been held to, uh, to under 400 yards. And only three times this year, they've given up 30 plus and did it six times last year. So they've almost, you know, that's a double sort of improvement there under Spaniolo, um, this year. We also saw last in the conference championship, that job the Chiefs did. Has anybody in recent times done a job quite like that on Derrick Henry? 19 carries, 69 yards, completely nice. shut him out of the game and, and, and hence shut the Titans out of the game. Mm. So again, this is not taking anything away from the 49ers, but I just think the Chiefs, if they can, if they can stop that San Francisco run, that multifaceted run, maybe get a lead, maybe put it in Jimmy's hands. Then we might see a different game altogether, but I just, yeah, I just love the comfort of being with Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like, I just not comfortable bending against those two. So, cheese for me. Okay, and what's your exact scoreline in uh, in Super Bowl Fifty Four? I had thirty three twenty three. So bit I of a scoregami. Twenty three. <laughs> bit of a scoregami, but the kind of thing I thought maybe you know a couple of San Fran touchdowns, but sort of that bend don't break Chiefs uh, defense might give up some field goals as well in that process. So okay. that's how I landed on the 23 number for them. And Chiefs clear 30 seriously for breakfast. So <laughs> I'd be surprised if they don't get over 30 again. You, you talked about not betting against Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid's teams are 20, 23 and 4 straight up and 18 and 9 against the spread all time after a regular season or postseason buy. Um, since joining the Chiefs, he's 7 and 3 straight up and 6 and 4 against the spread with that extra week to prepare. So that's something to worth 
to, to note as well with that extra week to prepare. Andy Reid's very, very strong. I'm not sure about Shanahan's numbers are the same, but I, I assume the good coaches with that extra time to repair are always going to be a, a lot stronger. And guys, that's that's the kind of theme that I'm most in, personally most interested in this Super Bowl is that sort of Andy Reid coronation. Like, I don't think any of us would doubt or deny that this guy deserves a ring. Like, he's been absolutely wonderful yep. for 20 years. I know he's had clock management issues, but what he's done for offensive innovation, stability within franchises, injecting, energizing dead franchises. Philly, as Nick would absolutely know, were nothing throughout the 90s. And then nine playoffs in 13 seasons. Chiefs were two and 14 before Reed arrived and the worst offense in football. Within 12 months, they're back in the playoffs and the fifth ranked offense in football. I just think he's just a wonderful figure for mm. sport and I would love to see him win a Super Bowl. So, I agree I, with I that. Wish, he's a great human he, being too. I, I wish he'd won that Super Bowl about eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Against the spy gating cheats. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, like I, while I agree with you, and I really would love Andy Reid to to win a ring, I'm a, I'm going to go a different way here to you boys. Um, but you know, this is a matchup where for the first time this season, like I actually genuinely have zero, like not zero clue, but like more so than ever, have really no idea how this is going to play play out. And the way that it goes is just going to be truly fascinating for me. Like you know, these teams, two teams, both deserve to be here and and to- and do mm. totally different things, but so efficient. You know. And, you know, my numbers have the 49ers as one-and-a-half-point favorites, which is, you know, nothing much, but I'm just going to take the points of them and the money line, and, and I also lean the over. But, yeah, I'm really curious to see what wins out here. You know, the uber-efficient passing game led by probably the most physically gifted quarterback we've ever seen in Pat Mahomes, or, you know, the uber-efficient running game led by, you know, the best pure offensive play caller in the NFL right now in, in Kyle Shanahan. So both these teams do things so differently, and I think one of my favorite stats from the conference championship weekend is the Chiefs actually ran the ball more efficiently than Mahomes threw the ball. Um, so that's how good they ran the ball against the Packers. Obviously, they probably won't have the same success uh uh, now, but, uh, you know, in this game, as, as, um, James touched on, the Chiefs are obviously improving and that 06 Colts reference is interesting. But looking at, like, you know, DVOA record versus spreads, you know, your strength of schedule, yards per play, there's, there's not a lot of difference at all between these two teams. Um, weighted DVOA, though, does favor, um, the Chiefs. So yeah, yards per play differential gives the 49ers the edge, weighted DVOA, um, which will, you know, discount the first half of the season and a little bit of Pat Mahomes injury then gives the Chiefs the edge. But the one thing I keep coming back to in this game is the mismatch in the running game. And, and that favors the 49ers. The Chiefs are 29th in DVOA rushing defense and yards per carry allowed. And, you know, it's a concern. And while I did do a terrific job in shutting down Derrick Henry in that AFC championship, this is a totally different beast. It's a multi-pronged rushing attack. It's just unbelievably dead devastating blocking scheme. Kittle, Kittle's the type of guy that's happy to not go, not catch a single pass in a game if he can just block, you know, have four pancake blocks and they run their way to victory. He, he's completely batshit insane to do that, and he doesn't care about his individual stats or anything like that. Um, and, and it's also funny that, you know, everyone's talked about the run game the last two weeks, but for most of the season, they actually had a really balanced attack, the 49ers. Uh, they had, uh, they produced 237 passing yards per game, which was 13th in the NFL, and 144.1 rushing yards per game, which was second in the NFL. They had the fourth most yards per, um, per game in the, in the regular season and second in points per game as well. So, you know, everyone talks about the running game and I know all the focus has been on the lack of Jimmy G's throws, but I think Shanahan got interviewed about that. Why did they only throw it eight times or why did they run it 34 times? And he just says, because it worked. And I think that's just, it's just really smart. I and mean, if, if it's not going to work, then they're going to trust Jimmy G to throw it 35 times a game. And I know, I know that, you know, there is concerns about that and you touched on those stats. I'll, I'll get to it in a little bit, but you know, on the other side of the ball, obviously the Chiefs have the clear edge at quarterback in this matchup. Mahomes has been spectacular in the playoffs. He's 12 touchdown to zero interception ratio in four playoff games, but most outstandingly 9.92 any uh, adjusted net yards per attempt in, in those. And he's overcome 24 and 10 point deficits just this, you know, postseason alone. Um, but, you know, this, this 49ers represent probably the worst possible matchup for the Chiefs. Their defense can get pressure on Mahomes with, with four and leaves seven men in coverage that helps, you know, helps take away those deep shots. So it's just hard to see sort of 350 yard day from, from Mahomes. And as a result, I think that's probably why I kind of lean towards 
towards the 49ers. But, you know, the, the 49ers surrendered the fewest passing yards per game in the NFL, 169.2. They forced teams to run the ball, and running the ball is something the Chiefs have not done efficiently lately, with the exception of Mahomes. Um, they rank 14th in rushing offense, DVOA. Um, Damian Williams is, has not been an efficient runner of the ball, although he's a, a great pass catcher and, and great in, in the red zone as a pass catcher. And then the San Fran defensive line, they dominated the games this year. They rank second in the NFL in adjusted sack rate percentage. But it's worth noting the Chiefs rank fourth in the NFL in pass protection, according to Football Outsiders, and have allowed the third fewest sacks this season. But they're going to have to play lights out or or else. And I do think we'll see Mahomes take off and run a lot more than we expected. Um, and I think he, sh- we, he showed that he's pretty dynamic on the ground uh, last, or well, not last week, but in the conference championship weekends. But San Fran are 11-1 and one straight up. Eight, three, and one against the spread when it finishes with three or more sacks this season. Um, one area of concern for the 49ers that, uh, you know, st- kind of shocked me in their three losses this year. The opposing offenses converted 17 of 38 third downs. Um, but they were second overall in the league on defense at, um, stopping third down conversions. And the Chiefs boast the league's second best third down rate as they converted 47.3% of them. And actually, over their last three games, 53%, which is staggering, staggeringly high. But then on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs' defense during their um, two comebacks, their opponents, when they, in those two comebacks against the, the Texans and the Titans, the, they only converted eight of 25 third down. So, you know, that's, you know, getting one tackle better and, and, and that incremental gains that, that James talked about. Um, but the 49ers, they're fourth in the NFL in converting third down. So they're very good at converting third downs as well. Um, opposing tight ends have also thrived against the Chiefs secondary, and I think that's a matchup that the uh, 49ers might exploit. Um, Kansas City Chiefs rank in the bottom five against opposing tight ends. Position average six receptions and 61 receiving yards per game during the regular season. And George Kittle, before the playoffs, averaged nearly eight receptions and 97.3 yards per game in the last four games of the regular season. So, look, even if Mahomes proves too tough to slow down considerably, Jimmy G, I think, showed it against the Saints and, and twice against the Cardinals. I know it's a different team, the Cardinals, but still, he's capable of coming through in a shootout, especially against the Saints. That, those clutch throws against the Saints, I remember we talked about it on this show and we, we were wax, you know, pounding the table for Jimmy G because people were being way too harsh, calling him a sort of a game manager. And I think that's not really fair on Jimmy G. I don't, I don't think he's an elite quarterback by any means, but he's capable of coming through in a shootout. Um, we've seen it with Nick Foles as well and going up against, you know, all time great quarterback. So, you know, it's possible. Um, it's a tough call, but I think the 49ers win. I trust their defense just a little bit more overall. Um, San Fran, I'm going to take them plus one and I, I got 49ers winning 31 to 27. Any thoughts? Interesting. I think you're right. I, I do agree with you about Jimmy G. I think that, that he's kind of underrated still after the season he's had and mm. we've seen him when he's needed to. He's, he's come through, as you said. A lot of the time he hasn't needed to, and I think that they've they've tended to to play that kind of running game mm. because it's worked. Yeah, like exactly. Said, and, like and why force throws Kyle when Shanahan. you're running the ball for seven yards a carry? Like it, it's and it's working. Like. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan's a good coach. Shanahan's a very good coach. He knows yep. how to run an offense. Uh, we've seen it for for years. He knows how to run an offense, and he, and he knows how to call plays that work. So he's going to go with the hot hand. He's going to go with the guys that are are running the ball efficiently and effectively. And if that means that Jimmy G doesn't throw the ball as much, well, that's that's what it means. Yep. But yeah, they've kept winning all year. It doesn't really matter what the what the test has been. But yeah, like like I said, I think this test with Patrick Mahomes is, might be a bit too much for them this week. And he, and just on Garoppolo, he's the perfect quarterback for Shanahan as well, or at least in this system. Like, there's not that, that much ego mm. comes into it. Garoppolo doesn't seem to me the guy who you know goes off and sulks and thinks he should have had 30 or 40 passes and yeah. should have aired it out sort of thing. I think it works really, really perfectly. He's got that perfect demeanor yeah. for Shanahan systems, kind of like Cousins had in Washington as well. The whole franchise... Seems like that though, doesn't it? Yeah. So everyone does their, everyone plays their role and plays their part. And it doesn't matter if one week they have, you know, and 200 yards and, and four touchdowns. The next week they might get four carries and, you know, totally. And as you, yeah. And as you touched on Nick as well, like in terms of that kind of turmoil that San Francisco went through from that franchise perspective. It's chalk and cheese to how it is now. And I sort of touched on it in my piece as well, thinking about that, the John Lynch appointment and how, uh, Jed York had to sort of sit, sit right back and sort of hands right off and let these guys do their job. Um, and what they've produced is this really stable, progressive system um, that really works for them. 
and not, wouldn't work for everybody else. This run heavy sort of approach. Um, yeah, love what they've done as well. Yeah, what, this is why it's such a wonderful, wonderful Super Bowl. Yeah, one thing two I, really, really, really well run teams. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I haven't touched on as well, and it does concern me about the 49ers, is special teams. And, and Nick touched on it a little bit. You, you do trust the Chiefs in Harrison Butker a little bit more than than the 49ers kicker to to make a, a clutch kick. So if it does come down to a, to a field goal or two, then I do think the Chiefs have the edge. And, and Dave Tube does a tremendous job on special teams, and we've seen it in Super Bowl so many times. You know, a mm. kick return or, or a crucial fumble in, in the playoffs on special teams. We, we can go back to that 06 Super Bowl while we're there as well. Yeah. It wasn't the first play, the for Chicago he, he, a touchdown. Exactly. A kick return touchdown. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, I think he was actually, Tube was actually in Chicago as the, uh, special teams guy back in 06, surprisingly. Um, or unsurprisingly. He's, he's just too good. But, uh, <laughs> it is, it is, it's kind of, it is, it's just a fascinating Super Bowl. I'm really keen. I feel like this could, this could be a you know a seventeen fourteen game and it wouldn't surprise me. It could be you know uh, Eagles Patriots scoreline and it wouldn't surprise me either. Like fifty four to fifty one or something like that as well at the same time. Um, you know we've seen the forty nine ers kind of struggle with the mobile quarterback in in Russell Wilson. So maybe if they Mahomes does you know stretch his legs out a little bit more, then that could be the way that that, that they go. Um, but who knows? It's the range of possibilities is is crazy. But uh, we're both. Uh, one of us is on the 49ers, two of us are on the Chiefs, but it looks like we're all on the over here. So should we lock the over in? Even though I think a lot of the shafts are on the under, but I, I kind of lean towards this being more of a shootout. I just think both these offenses can score points. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I should mention as well, uh, the model the model has a slight lean to the under, so okay. it's something to be wary of. But, yep. but yeah, I think we've all we've all kind of said that we, we like the overs with those score lines. I mean, we don't really have a lock. Yeah, let's but, do it. Um, let's just reluctant. <laughs> we'll call it a reluctant lock of the week, which is just a great oxymoron, a real reluctant <laughs> lock. Um, but yeah, well, let's lock in the over. Uh, let's go over fifty three and a half because you can get that out there. Um, so over fifty three and a half. Uh, and, and, yeah. and, and while we touch on special teams, props to uh, Aussie Mitch as well. Yeah, Mitch Wisnowski, second uh, second Aussie in the Super Bowl after uh, Ben Graham. Yeah, and he's had a great year. He's had a great year too. So yep. Fan- good, good lad as well. Pro Kick Australia Ross. do a f- fantastic job. Um, so well done to them. And anyone that says J- Jesse Williams has played in the Super Bowl, please t- take a hike into the <laughs> Pacific Ocean. The guy I've played as many regular season snaps as that guy, please. <laughs> um, yeah, he's blocked me on Twitter. So yeah, because you know he can't oh, handle the truth clearly. Um, all right, let's go. Um, Super Bowl MVP. Let's go. Uh, best bets. What do we got? Uh, we'll note uh, 29 of the previous 53 Super Bowl MVPs have been quarterbacks. Um, I'll start, actually. I think if you're going to bet on the Chiefs, why not just bet on Mahomes for MVP? I feel like if the Chiefs win, Mahomes is winning MVP. Um, I think that's probably the better bet. I don't know what the difference really is in price. It might be like 20 or 30 cents, but you know, whatever value is value, I think it's just a better play than the Chiefs money line, really. Um but you know, if I if I was to have a bet, uh, given that I like the 49ers, um, there's a couple of markets out there where you can bet on the position of MVP. Um, I like any other position against the quarterback at like three dollars. Um, you can get that out there. Um, so you know, if I think the 49ers win, I'm, I'm not really sure Jimmy G will be the sole reason why. So um, Debo Samuel at forty one dollars is my dark horse. I think he's in for a, for a bit of a game. And then you can also bet on like an individual position for tight end um, at ten dollars, maybe. It could be a Kelsey having a you know Julian Edelman like performance, or it's Kittle huge blocking game and just catching maybe a crucial touchdown pass or two. Um, so maybe maybe taking a little bit of the slice of the ten bucks available for a tight end. Um, so what have you got uh, for us, Nick? I, I don't mind that ten dollar for a tight end. I didn't I didn't see that market, but I, I yep. quite like that. I mean, they're the two best tight ends in in the competition at the moment. Yep. So that's uh, that's not bad. Uh, best bet. I mean. Speaking as as I did about the Chiefs and the Chiefs' offense, the best fit has to be Mahomes. Like you said, I think there's probably there probably is about twenty five cents difference between Chiefs money line and and Mahomes MVP at, at two dollars. Um, and, and I don't think we need to say too much more about that. But the dark horses I've got Tyreek Hill at about fifteen bucks and Travis Kelsey. Uh, I think if if the Chiefs' offense has a, a big day, which I, I think they will, then both of those guys are going to be really heavily involved. Yep. Mahomes, for me, I mean, that would go to the script in terms of thinking the Chiefs would win. Dark Horse, so Honey Badger, 100 to 1, guys. He started every game, leads the, leads, <laughs> leads the team horse. in picks, pass defended, first in solo tackles as well. And this is the one I really like. Just a minuscule 57 point par, 57.8 passer rating yes. when targeted. Um, now, this would be contingent on if Jimmy G is indeed forced out of his comfort zone, Matthew might be in the best 
best place to, mm. to sort of benefit from that. So he, just, you he, know, he'll need a couple of pass breakups and maybe a pick six or something to, to get it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I just don't know if the if, voters are going to look at passer rating that quickly enough, unfortunately, as, as much as I agree with you. Um, I, yeah, but yeah, that's not a bad shout. I mean, my best MVP bet was, was Von Miller in the Broncos Super Bowl, uh, 20 yeah, a few years ago. Too. That was, that was amazing. So not as quite, not quite as much value bad. out there for Bosa or, uh, D Ford, unfortunately. Um, people, people have smartened up a little bit with their, uh, pricing on, uh, the Super Bowl MVP. Um, let's look, let's look at first touchdown scorer here. Um, a best bet in, in Dark Horse again. Um, again, mine are gonna, mine are very 49ers heavy. Uh, I just, Sticking with the uh, the team I'm backing, I like Debo Samuel at 15s. I mentioned him just a little bit. He's been the most popular Niner receiver in the playoffs so far. He's five receptions on nine targets and has doubled their next closest receiver in Kendrick Bourne in playoff receiving yards. So at $15, first-time touchdown score, I'll take it. Um, and they you kind of get him involved on the ground. Maybe a jet sweep could be something we see from him as well. Um, I like any time touchdown score at 320. And then my roughie, yeah, speaking of the Bourne, the Bourne identity, Kendrick Bourne, $21. <laughs> Um, he's caught 30 passes this season. 23 of them have been for first downs. Five of them went for touchdowns. He's a big red zone guy that they look for. Um, I think he scored touchdown four, the first time, four of his five times he scored. So, um, it's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, shop around 21. Uh, if I can get 26, I'll be happy. But yeah, Debo at 15 for me. Yeah, I, I've gone a bit, bit, uh, Niners with the, the first touchdown. I think just based on the way that, that the Chiefs have started, their their last couple of games have kind of wavered early, uh, and you know, no matter what Raheem Mostert did in the championship game, and he had a great game, but George Kittle is the 49ers' best player, uh, and, and in big games you go to your best players, especially when you need it. Uh, I, I think that they'll be targeting Kittle early. I think, like you said, if you can get him involved, whether it's with with some big blocks or with some some first downs, uh, you want to get him involved and comfortable and and playing with himself early. So. I think they target him a lot and they target him early. Uh, so 11 bucks for George Kittle for, for first touchdown. And Emmanuel Sanders at 18 bucks is a little bit of a dark horse. He's, he's a really, um, you know, kind of wily presence, a veteran presence for the, the Niners. Uh, and it's the same reason, you know, try and get him involved. Uh, he, he does lead this offense with, uh, with Jimmy G. So, you know, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of different options for, for this one, but I like Kittle and, and Sanders. Yeah, well, as, as I sort of said before, I'm hoping to find something in game with the Chiefs. So maybe San Fran can take that lead. And I think, as Nick said, I think George Kittle would be the best bet on that, in that realm. And I agree as well. I think he's their best player. The other thing that sort of runs into that is it probably exploits the Chiefs' biggest weakness, which is sort of underneath and in that sort of linebacker area, which I think Kittle can get sort of into and cause some damage with. So. Yeah, Kittle for me. If 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 had to make a bet there for first touchdown scorer. Yeah, obviously the favourite is uh, Damian Williams at eight dollars. If you are looking to take the chalk, there. All right, uh, player props as well. You know, a few out there. Um, I like most at over seventy two and a half rushing yards. Um, in the Niners two playoff contest, he's averaging one hundred and thirty nine yards a game, and he's rushing for just under seven yards per carry. I'm going to have a nibble at the four dollars on offer for a hundred plus rushing yards. As well, I just think, uh, given the injury to Tevin Coleman and the way that he's played, um, I just think it would be silly not to give him, you know, at least 15 carries. And, um, I think he gets over the 70 mark pretty easily. Um, even though, you know, I am expecting a, an improved Chiefs, you know, defense, de- defensive effort, but I just, just think most starts too clever and, um, in this, in this scheme, I like over four and a half sacks at $2.15. I'm expecting pressure on both quarterbacks. Look, Mahomes will be able to evade a couple. But I do think San Fran will still get two or three, and then we can expect a couple from uh, from Jimmy Garoppolo. Not as not as mobile as uh, Mahomes in the pocket. And then a few others I like. Mahomes over 30.5 rushing yards. Semi Watkins under 50.5 receiving yards. Sanders over 2.5 receptions. Fred Warner over 6.5 tackles. Matthew over 5.5 tackles. And then Debo Samuel, longest reception, over 24.5 yards. So that's uh, that's where I'm at there. James, what have you got for us? Well, I was actually thinking all about that sort of going back again to the um, 07 Super Bowl that was, um, and talking about Dave Tolb, talking about that uh, kickoff touchdown. It was actually in Miami as well, which is the home Ooh. of this Super Bowl. <laughs> so there is a prop out there. There's two dollars eighty versus it's a yes or a dollar thirty no upon a defensive or special teams touchdown. So two eighty might be might be worth your while there. I did sort of have something. <laughs> more of a playful bet only because 
it was sort of one of those things on talent. So it was Sammy Watkins, $21 to score two touchdowns. And it was sort of just based on, you know, how amazingly touted this guy was as a prospect. Certainly hasn't lived up to it. Maybe the Super Bowl could be his moment to shine. The underlying numbers are, oh, are horrendous. The Watkins uh, truthers would be be on an absolute yeah, tilt if he has a two-touchdown game. <laughs> six multi-touchdown games in his career from 76 games. So that's not great. And he also hasn't caught a touchdown since week one anyway. But this would just be on kind of talent. This guy came into the league one of the most sought-after mm. wide receivers this millennium. I've never seen anything like it. In fact, if you go through your records, he was one of the most... Um, prize recruits to ever come out of high school. If you go through those records as well, like two, four, seven. Um, yeah, a huge prospect, but yeah, nothing really of note in the NFL. So this could be his moment to shine though. This is it. Good way, good way to book in the season. Yeah, exactly. Score, <laughs> score in week one. Score in the Super Bowl. in the first game, actually. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> uh, well, like, like I've kind of done all year, I always like looking at the doubles. And so the Chiefs to win and, and the over as, as we touched on before. Yeah, for three seventy five, which I, I don't mind. I think if, if the, the game plays out to the, the narrative that we've kind of talked about, or that, that James and I have kind of agreed on so far, that that's uh, that's a fairly solid solid uh, value bet. Um, the other one that I liked was Tyreek Hill to score the Chiefs' first touchdown, and George Kittle to score the 49ers' first touchdown at twenty one bucks. Hmm. Just uh, like James said, a bit, bit of something to play on, and yeah. uh, just a bit of fun. Yeah, we, exactly. We don't go too hard. This- <laughs> Yeah. The Super Bowl is always fun. You just chuck up a couple of random props and, and go for your life. Um, or you could be someone like uh, Rufus Peabody and just bet on like a bazillion props um, every single day for the last two weeks, um, which has been pretty crazy to watch uh, <laughs> all over Twitter and and well, seeing those. Mac. And see, yeah, what what was the bet mattress Mac put on? I think literally in the last hour or two, he, he uh, dropped a million. Dropped a million on the Niners. Ooh, jeez. There, you go. there we go. Um, all right, novelty props. This is where it's at. This is um, this is really James's bread and butter based off the document I'm looking at, <laughs> where he's left this entire thing blank. Whole point, and... <laughs> this is the whole point. All right, I've never heard of Lovato. That's... You've never heard of Lovato? What do you? Gee, get on YouTube. She just sang at the Grammys. She was oh, goosebumps at the Grammys, mate. Come on, um, yeah, Demi Lovato. Come on, mate. Um, yeah, so the anthem, the Linda Ronstadt. Oh, mate, come on! How do you not know about Demi Lovato? She's an American singer, songwriter, actress, and television personality. Her she began her career in two thousand and two, appearing on the children's television series Barney and Friends. You never watch Barney and Friends? Come on, mate. She's one of Al- Albuquerque, New Mexico's best ever. Pro- yeah, come on. Well, I mean, you know, if you're winning in Albuquerque, bring oh, it on. Isotopes. Anyway, um, the anthem set at two minutes and four and a half seconds is the kind of the pick'em over under at this point. There's some various other places around with juiced prices either side. Um, so Lovato, she blazed past two minutes when she sang the anthem at Mayweather McGregor fight in 2017. She was like two minutes and 15 seconds or something. Um, but all of her previous in- renditions, which are outdoors, she, uh, she finished shy of that two minute mark, but the recent one was so long. So it's a real, it's a real tough one. Only five of the last 10 national anthems have gone longer than two minutes. So, uh, where, where you're at on that? What do you got, Nick? Oh, so you're right in that only one of her renditions has gone over two minutes, but the, the four previous were all building up yes. to two minutes as well. They went like 149, 151, 156, 158. Yep. Something like that until yep. finally she, she cracked the two minutes. And I think she's also – hasn't she also spent some time in rehab and calmed down and yeah. whatever? So maybe the, the heart maybe the heart rate might be a little bit slower and uh, oh, God. might be a bit calmer. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I'm on the over anyway. I mean, I'm on the over to – Yeah, I watched the uh, Mayweather-McGregor um, one again, and she can belt out some tunes. And then at the Grammys, she really could hold a note there, and she was like, I'm ready for oh, this. This is my moment. This is my moment. This is it. This is it. This is <laughs> – this yeah, is no. a moment for Albuquerque, New Mexico. This is this is our time, you know. <laughs> and the Barney, and the Barney show. Oh, mate, the big purple elephant. He was just nah, not an elephant, mate. He's a dinosaur. Come on, dinosaur. Come on, mate. Um, any play on the anthem, At least I've heard uh, James? It. Yes, that's that's true. Any play on the anthem, James? <laughs> Don't play on the anthem, guys. Okay, 
no no in play betting <laughs> I on the to anthem. Lovato and I, she's that, I've never seen her before. That's over, just Google it. Over under five and a half seconds on the last brave. Uh, I like the over. I think she's going to belt that out. I'm just overs on on the uh, on the anthem at this point. Uh, all right, song yeah, all the halftime song first song. Um, there's a couple of different ones out there depending on where you look. They've got a J Lo first song and a Shakira first song, and then there's a first song overall. Apparently, there's been like a leak. Set list that's got uh, I can't remember the song now. Get it right, I think is the song. Um, on top of it, it was like I don't know the the leak looked too good to be true. It was like a, a run sheet that kind of looked like it'd been sh- like stood on and it was on the ground. There's a leak and, every year, there's yeah. a leak every year. I me- I've been on like some of the leaks have been great, but you know, yeah, get right was the song, but I don't know, man. So when J Lo sang at the um, at the Soccer World Cup, you know what song she opened with? Let's get loud, let's get loud, baby. And I think that's the first song. I think that's it. You can get 10 bucks out there for that. As if she doesn't start with that. That's the perfect song to open the Super Bowl with. So I'm going to take the $10 on Let's Get Loud, and I will be getting loud if that is the first song. What have you What have you got? What if Shakira opened? Well, I, yeah, that's I'm it. I'm not that's really it. a listener of, of J-Lo or Shakira, so in good conscience, I couldn't I couldn't give out a tip for this one oh, mate. just because I don't really know. Okay. I think but if you, look, let's get loud. Let's get loud is a banger. It is a banger. Let's get loud is a banger. Uh, uh, whenever whenever wherever is the first Shakira song, by the way. That's gonna be the first Shakira song. Um that's two seventy five, three bucks. She definitely will close with Hips Don't Lie. That's not going first. So Whenever Wherever, first <laughs> Shakira song. In terms of it being in Miami and with a huge Latino population, yep. how about J-Lo and Shakira go Spanish and do something Spanish for the first song? Mm. And uh, <laughs> like, I don't you know. know. Do you, un- you know the ownership of the NFL is just mostly yeah, white know. males. Or <laughs> the contemporary climate of the United yeah. States probably yeah. doesn't yeah. build well. <laughs> yeah. But no, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, all I'm banking on is Pitbull to – I love Pitbull. Winds his way into every major sporting event. Yeah, no. Um, I'm a closet Pitbull <laughs> there, fan. There couple, I just think he just produces really bangers. Yeah. <laughs> there, were really, there were a couple of really fun ones, like how many times are they going to cut to A-Rod in the crowd while J-Lo sings? Yep. And, uh, uh, I thought it was a nice one. I and thought. Gerald Piquet, uh, the uh, Shakira's <laughs> husband. I don't know if I pronounced that um, surname right, but yeah. You did all right, Josh. I did okay? Yeah. That's <laughs> not too bad. That's not okay. too bad. Mate, I'm um, a boy from Southwest Sydney. I'm not going to pronounce too many uh, you know, foreign names correctly. <laughs> the other one was whether they'll, uh, whether they'll bring Will Smith for his, uh, his city title track, Miami. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm, out on, I'm out on Will Smith. I'm done with Will Smith. <laughs> the Fresh Prince. Yeah, I'm done. Make a good movie. You haven't made one in like 15 years. Come on, mate. Let's let's go. Um, coin, uh, James, I see you're going with a coin toss. I'm never betting on the coin toss, but please, um, you know, some pe- a penny for our thoughts. <laughs> Tales never fails. That's all I've got to add to that one. No, I, I actually did a bit of research into this because I – you know, the coin toss should be 50-50. Hypothetically, the coin toss is a 50-50 market and is the definition of a 50-50 market. But it doesn't always work out like that, especially in kind of short, you know, short. Uh, but Tails has hit 53% in the history of the Super Bowl <laughs> and has also hit four of the last six Super Bowls. So surely there's got to be some regression at some point. It's got to, it's got to hit 50-50. That's, that is statistical analysis so i'm going heads okay i'm well. not i'm not big on it i'm going heads okay that is statistical all right um i've got a couple in-game ones here and then we'll finish with uh the gatorade bath obviously that's where we're gonna go um but i like uh darrell revis to tweet about richard sherman during the game um two dollars forty mm-hmm. if he gets beat or yeah if he gets beat by tyreek hill which is a possibility just given tyreek's insane speed um he's definitely tweeting um about about that two dollars forty Broadcast to show yeah, the. See, Pardon. You can definitely see Tariq leaving Richard Sherman on Revis Island. Yeah. <laughs> um, the broadcast to show the Andy Reid that punt pass clip where he's like a gigantic oh, God, teenager and he's just hurling the ball. That, that's two dollars. <laughs> they are one hundred percent going to show that. They show it every game. Yeah? They, they, they have to show it. Like they've been waiting fifteen years to show this in the Super Bowl again. They are one hundred percent showing that. I, I never get sick of it. It's yeah. so freaky. It is. He's a behemoth of a man. I, he's shrunk. Like he's, he was bigger as a sixteen-year-old as he is as a, as a fifty-year-old. It's it's staggering. I do, to me. I it's just a strange bit of vision. I love it. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, Gatorade bath. Um, look, I always just take the biggest price and just hope for the best. So I'm going blue and orange. Um, they're around the six seven dollar mark. 
Um, I'm definitely going for for the blue and orange Gatorade bath. What have you got for us, Nick? Well, red red hasn't been done yet in the Super Bowl, so it's it's got to be done at some point. Red it's the symbolic color for both sides, so it's not a bad call. Three fifty. Um, mm. Red. I was just thinking in terms of um, big red, Andy Reid, and 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 as a tribute to Wuhan as well at the moment for everything that's happening. Okay. Um, could we factor in yellow with a sort of a Kobe Bryant or, or purple? Kobe Bryant's had a tribute. Uh, two dollars sixty-two yes. for purple, yellow three fifty. It's okay. Yeah, a bit so of we, it's, a bit of Lakerade. So, yeah, Lakerade. Actually, I don't mind that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, now we're just back to square one. We've mentioned every color. Um, you know what's going to love water at this point? Three fifty because we've mentioned every color except for water or clear. Um, so there we go. Um, any final thoughts on any props or uh, anything in that regard before we uh, wrap up the show? No, I'm good. I think we've spent too much time on the props. Yeah. Oh, right. it's part of the fun. Yeah, we've got to we've got to attract uh, the the people that are into the the, the novelty or aspect of the Super Bowl as opposed to DVOA and yards per play and and Enya. So uh, yeah, it's been good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. That would be weird if Enya came out. Yeah, oh, I would love a bit of I reckon her flow. Just get it going. Um, just to reiterate, I've got the 49ers winning 31 to 27. Uh, Nick has the Chiefs winning 34 31. James has the Chiefs winning 33 to 23. It's worth noting the Stats Insider model has an orange play on the under and a small edge right now on San Fran plus one and the San Fran money line. Our reluctant <laughs> lock of the week is over 53 and a half as we all predict the score, uh, to go over. So we're going to take that as we can't settle on a team or, or a line given the lines only one. Um, and just a reminder, though, if you are uh, watching the NFL, just check check Stats Insider throughout the week because the model will change as, as more and more info comes to hand. Some injury news about Tevin Coleman and things like that may may change the, the model's decision. And, you know, if you're at home or even if you're on your phone or, or whatever and you're watching the game live, you can check out um, the, the live coverage on Stats Insider. Um, so if you're just betting live or you want to follow the likelihood of, you know, the, the Chiefs or the 49ers, you know, saluting, there's no better place to follow live NFL than Stats Insider .com.au with live scores, play-by-play, and in-game match probabilities from kickoff. And that's from every single game, including the last game of the season. So just head to statsinsider.com.au slash live or statsinsider.com.au slash NFL. It's more than just a live score. Um, and I just want to know, boys, is XFL content, is that going to be something on Stats Insider? Uh, I can't can't see it being a priority on the uh, on the roadmap over the next twelve months. Okay, so, that's a real shame. If but anybody wants it, let us know. Yeah, let us know. yeah. Tweet tweet us at you know at Stats Insider. Um, you can tweet us at Wooten Y. Um, boys, it's been a fantastic season. Um, I look forward to to seeing where we go next season with the show and everything. But um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm just going to say go the 49ers, But I'll, I'll I'll let you guys finish the show. What do you, what have you got? Final message. Wherever go, go big red. Go big red. <laughs> Wherever, whenever. It's a tribute to Shakira. All right, that's good. Um, from the team here, thanks for tuning in every single week. Please, if you do have any any tips or any advice or any feedback, just leave us an iTunes review or you know tweet us on Twitter. Um, all of our hips don't lie, so we can take any constructive criticism and enjoy the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll speak to you next season. <laughs>